just heard a song by my family singing, Do You Know My Jesus? Today on the broadcast, our text is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also, that love is appearing. And we're preaching on those that love his appearing. In my text, Paul associates himself with a group of people that love the appearing of Jesus Christ. He said, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only but unto all them also that love his appearing. So he's obviously speaking here of the second appearing of Christ at the end of the age. Paul was expecting a positive outcome from the Lord's return. He was anticipating it. He loved the appearing of the Savior. And Paul was not alone in his interest in the Lord's return. He mentions all those that love his appearing. But who are those people, ancient and modern, that love his appearing? First of all, they are people that believe in his appearing. These are people whose worldview is based on the fact that Jesus has come and that Jesus is coming again. We know that he has come. We believe he's coming again. I, my heart broke when I was in Israel, and on our bus, our tour guide was a Jewish man, and someone talked to him about Jesus, and he said, when Messiah comes, there's one question I have for him. Have you been here before? But we know he has been here, and we know he's coming back again. So they that love his appearing are people who believe in the appearing of Christ, his second appearing. The most important event in the past is the incarnation of Jesus, the Son of God. 
Jesus has been here among us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. The greatest fact of the past is that Jesus has been here. The greatest fact of the present is that Jesus is interceding for us in heaven. And the grandest fact of the future is that Jesus is coming back again. In Hebrews chapter 9, verses 24 through 28, the sacred writer mentions three appearings of Christ corresponding to the past, the present, and the future. In verse 26, he says, Once in the end of the world, he, that is Jesus, appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That was the past. Jesus appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Speaking of the present, the writer states in verse 24, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. He who appeared on earth to be a sacrifice for us now appears in heaven to be our high priest and to be uh, in the presence of God for us. And then in verse 28, the writer speaks of a future appearing of Christ. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And that phrase without sin means without a sin offering. So these three appearings of Christ anchors the Christian and forms the foundation for how we make sense out of the world and our place in history. Jesus has come. He's appeared on earth. He's appearing in heaven right now for us. And he will appear again the second time on earth. So we believe that Jesus has descended from heaven to represent God to man and to die for sinful man. And we believe that he rose from the dead on the third day and ascended back to heaven to be glorified, enthroned, and installed as our high priest to represent us before God. And we believe that he is going to return to resurrect the dead and translate the living saints from mortal to immortality, from corruptible unto incorruptible bodies, and to rapture the living and the uh, resurrected dead to their home in heaven. We believe in the appearing of Christ. But secondly, those people that love his appearing also look for his appearing. The return of Jesus is not a dry doctrine for these people that love his appearing. It is a daily in anticipation. It is impending reality. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 28 says, Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. These people who love his appearing take seriously the exhortation of Christ in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 47. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. And Mark records this warning by Jesus in Mark chapter 13, verses 35 through 37. Watch ye therefore, 
For ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. All Christians of every generation have the same promise. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Multitudes, both in the church and out of the church, have given up on the return of Christ. They're no longer looking for Jesus to come back. Peter spoke of these unbelievers in 2 Peter 3, verses 3 and 4, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. The question in my mind is this, which came first, the lustful lifestyle or the dismissal of the return of Jesus? The dismissal of the Lord's return would free the deliberate sinner from stressing over being unprepared for Christ's return. In the parable of the wise and the evil servant, Jesus told about in Matthew chapter 24, the evil servant changed his behavior when he adopted the attitude, my Lord hath delayed his coming. So he began to eat and to drink with the drunken. His master returned and caught him with the wrong crowd. It's certain that there are souls in this service right here sitting under the sound of my voice who are not looking for the Lord's return. It's an inconvenient truth to all people who do not love Jesus. It's easier to deny it or dismiss it than to try to live with the stress of knowing that if Jesus came back, you'd be left behind. Peter answered the skeptics and the scoffers in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. He said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, specifically referring to the promise of the second coming of the Lord. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Understand this, brother and sister. God cannot lie. He has promised him this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Brother, people who love his appearing are looking for his appearing. They believe that the passing of time does not diminish the reliability of his promise. And the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Everybody who loves his appearing is looking for his appearing. And not only are they looking for his appearing, but those people that love his appearing are preparing for his appearing. In my text, Paul is facing Nero's chop block. He says, the time of my departure is at hand. And Paul had lived all of his Christian life 
in anticipation of the return of Jesus. He believed that the return of Jesus was so certain and so close that he would live to see it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where he speaks of the return of Jesus, he includes himself when speaking of those living at that event. Then we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. He also wrote to Titus in Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Understand this, brother and sister. Paul was facing death in my text, looking for the appearing of Jesus Christ. He was watching the eastern skies at death's door. Did y'all hear me? I said he was watching the eastern skies at death's door. He was still looking and anticipating the return of Jesus while he's waiting on the chop block. Hallelujah. He knew that we shall not all sleep. Hallelujah. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. And Paul's testimony reveals the kind of life that results from continual expectancy of seeing Jesus. This is his testimony. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Brother and sister, understand this. That every Christian that loves the appearing of Christ lives in constant preparation for that great event. Paul's testimony will be your testimony if you love his appearing. See our time's up another broadcast. I'm Bill Prescott, pastor of the Martinsville Church of Truth, thanking you for joining us today for the broadcast. We'd like to invite you to join us for services. Our church is located at 1376 Joseph Martin Highway in the Rich Acres community just south of Martinsville, Virginia. We have Sunday school at 1030, worship services on Sunday at 11 and 630. Our Wednesday evening service is at 730. You can look us up on the web. We have a new website, www.mcotva.com. That's www.mcotva.com. On the next broadcast, may God bless you. Keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. Yeah. Uh-huh.
just heard a song by my family singing, Do You Know My Jesus? Today on the broadcast, our text is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also, that love is appearing. And we're preaching on those that love his appearing. In my text, Paul associates himself with a group of people that love the appearing of Jesus Christ. He said, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only but unto all them also that love his appearing. So he's obviously speaking here the second appearing of Christ at the end of the age. Paul was expecting a positive outcome from the Lord's return. He was anticipating it. He loved the appearing of the Savior. And Paul was not alone in his interest in the Lord's return. He mentions all those that love his appearing. But who are those people, ancient and modern, that love his appearing? First of all, they are people that believe in his appearing. These are people whose worldview is based on the fact that Jesus has come and that Jesus is coming again. We know that he has come. We believe he's coming again. I, my heart broke when I was in Israel, and on our bus, our tour guide was a Jewish man, and someone talked to him about Jesus, and he said, when Messiah comes, there's one question I have for him. Have you been here before? But we know he has been here, and we know he's coming back again. So they that love his appearing are people who believe in the appearing of Christ, his second appearing. The most important event in the past is the incarnation of Jesus, the Son of God. 
Jesus has been here among us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. The greatest fact of the past is that Jesus has been here. The greatest fact of the present is that Jesus is interceding for us in heaven. And the grandest fact of the future is that Jesus is coming back again. In Hebrews chapter 9, verses 24 through 28, the sacred writer mentions three appearings of Christ corresponding to the past, the present, and the future. In verse 26, he says, Once in the end of the world, he, that is Jesus, appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That was the past. Jesus appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Speaking of the present, the writer states in verse 24, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. He who appeared on earth to be a sacrifice for us now appears in heaven to be our high priest and to be uh, in the presence of God for us. And then in verse 28, the writer speaks of a future appearing of Christ. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And that phrase without sin means without a sin offering. So these three appearings of Christ anchors the Christian and forms the foundation for how we make sense out of the world and our place in history. Jesus has come. He's appeared on earth. He's appearing in heaven right now for us. And he will appear again the second time on earth. So we believe that Jesus has descended from heaven to represent God to man and to die for sinful man. And we believe that he rose from the dead on the third day and ascended back to heaven to be glorified, enthroned, and installed as our high priest to represent us before God. And we believe that he is going to return to resurrect the dead and translate the living saints from mortal to immortality, from corruptible unto incorruptible bodies, and to rapture the living and the uh, resurrected dead to their home in heaven, we believe in the appearing of Christ. But secondly, those people that love his appearing also look for his appearing. The return of Jesus is not a dry doctrine for these people that love his appearing. It is a daily in anticipation. It is impending reality. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 28 says, Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. These people who love his appearing take seriously the exhortation of Christ in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 47. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. And Mark records this warning by Jesus in Mark chapter 13, verses 35 through 37. Watch ye therefore, 
For ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. All Christians of every generation have the same promise. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Multitudes, both in the church and out of the church, have given up on the return of Christ. They're no longer looking for Jesus to come back. Peter spoke of these unbelievers in 2 Peter 3, verses 3 and 4, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. The question in my mind is this, which came first, the lustful lifestyle or the dismissal of the return of Jesus? The dismissal of the Lord's return would free the deliberate sinner from stressing over being unprepared for Christ's return. In the parable of the wise and the evil servant, Jesus told about in Matthew chapter 24, the evil servant changed his behavior when he adopted the attitude, my Lord hath delayed his coming. So he began to eat and to drink with the drunken. His master returned and caught him with the wrong crowd. It's certain that there are souls in this service right here sitting under the sound of my voice who are not looking for the Lord's return. It's an inconvenient truth to all people who do not love Jesus. It's easier to deny it or dismiss it than to try to live with the stress of knowing that if Jesus came back, you'd be left behind. Peter answered the skeptics and the scoffers in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. He said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, specifically referring to the promise of the second coming of the Lord. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as such, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Understand this, brother and sister, God cannot lie. He has promised him this same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Brother, people who love his appearing are looking for his appearing. They believe that the passing of time does not diminish the reliability of his promise and the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Everybody who loves his appearing is looking for his appearing. And not only are they looking for his appearing, but those people that love his appearing are preparing for his appearing. In my text, Paul is facing Nero's chop block. He says the time of my departure is at hand. And Paul had lived all of his Christian life 
in anticipation of the return of Jesus. He believed that the return of Jesus was so certain and so close that he would live to see it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where he speaks of the return of Jesus, he includes himself when speaking of those living at that event. Then we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. He also wrote to Titus in Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Understand this, brother and sister. Paul was facing death in my text, looking for the appearing of Jesus Christ. He was watching the eastern skies at death's door. Did y'all hear me? I said he was watching the eastern skies at death's door. He was still looking and anticipating the return of Jesus while he's waiting on the chop block. Hallelujah. He knew that we shall not all sleep. Hallelujah. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. And Paul's testimony reveals the kind of life that results from continual expectancy of seeing Jesus. This is his testimony. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Brother and sister, I understand this. That every Christian that loves the appearing of Christ lives in constant preparation for that great event. Paul's testimony will be your testimony if you love his appearing. See our time's up for another broadcast. I'm Bill Prescott, pastor of the Martinsville Church of Truth, thanking you for joining us today for the broadcast. We'd like to invite you to join us for services. Our church is located at 1376 Joseph Martin Highway in the Rich Acres community just south of Martinsville, Virginia. We have Sunday school at 1030, worship services on Sunday at 11 and 630. Our Wednesday evening service is at 730. You can look us up on the web. We have a new website, www.mcotva.com. That's www.mcotva.com. Until next broadcast, may God bless you. Keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. Welcome to Echoes of Holiness Podcast.